Well, joining us on the counter report today, it's Liam Ornja and Liam, a former Australian Speedway karting champion. I thought it'd be great to find out a bit more about your racing career in particular and, and Speedway karts in general. When did you start uh, racing karts? Yeah, thanks for having me on, Craig. Um, it was about 2010, 2011. Um, you know, we were living in Mildura then, and a couple of people around the club, and Alan Saint in particular was one of the guys that you know my dad and I had links through the Speedway with, and he reached out to Dad and said, hey, look, there's a, um, a Speedway cart club in your backyard, basically. And at that point, we had you know not the slightest clue. We were tied up with the car Speedway, and that was about it, and didn't know really a thing about Speedway karting. And um, we looked at bitumen carts and stuff like that, but, you know, it wasn't even our wildest dreams that Speedway Cards was a thing by then, and it still had been around for 30-odd years. So we got involved with Alan Saint. We ended up um, getting a lend of the club cart that they had then um, and, yeah, had a couple of runs out in the Speedway and out a couple of club members' own tracks that they had in backyards and stuff, and it didn't take long at all before we were, you know, well and truly hooked, Dad and I, and just had to tackle it head-on. So we ran the club cart for that whole first season, um, and we're really appreciative of that and the Sunraiser Dirt Carters and the opportunity that they gave us. Um, and then we reached out to another guy inside the club that gave us another car to run the following season. Um, and I think we ended up running that car for about two years, and that was under John Shippen, um, who's you know been in touch with me throughout my whole season, and we buy parts from him and stuff like that now. So we're really appreciative to Shippy and everything he did for me early in my career as well. Um, and it's probably about my fourth year, probably looking at – 2014, I think I brought my first cart myself, and that was right as they brought in a new class um, within Speedway Carts, whereas before you had a, a very small J motor that most people would be, you know, in touch with and know about. Then you've got a 100S motor. They're both 100cc, but one's far less power and torque than the other. Um, and at that point, it was just a, when you were junior, you ran that junior motor right up until 16. And as soon as you turned 16, you jumped straight into that senior car rank and you ran that 100S motor, which was just, you know, blew the old motor out of the water. Um, and it was about 2014, they brought in a new class to basically integrate the two because, you know, too many kids were turning 16 and didn't know at all what this power felt like. And then you, you chucked out there with adults and stuff that have been, you know, racing cars possibly for 20 years at that point. Um, and it just, you know, it's a very deep end, throw so they brought in this new class um and it just you know went off it was basically the ability at 14 years old to run the bigger motor um in your own class so 14 to 16 year olds and that was junior standards um and as soon, basically as soon as that was even announced you know i was chomping at the bit to be a part of that um so yeah we saved up and got our first cut i think i put 600 dollars total um into that cart which just doesn't even compare these days um, so we got that and, yeah, started racing in the junior standard category, which just, you know, drew drew drivers from all over the country because at that point it was only in the one state. Um, so, you know, you get kids interstate coming in to run them and running their parents' carts and stuff like that. So that was a massive stepping stone um, for me to run in 2014-15 season. That was a big build and we just, you know, kept out the same cart, the same motor, you know, upgraded all the parts that we could afford to and, you know, we always were – prided ourselves on how things looked and looking after sponsors and things like that. So we got it looking as you know, new as it could. Um, and then, yeah, 2015, I think it really all clicked and we started running up the front um, and started traveling a bit. That was probably the first year that we traveled outside of Mildura, basically. You know, we, did, we were lucky to run a lot of race meetings in Mildura 
Um, but yeah, it wasn't till 2015-16 season where we went away and ran the Victorian title and things like that at Wangaratta, um, ran over and did the South Australian title at Renmark, which was only you know, about an hour and a half from Mildura. Um, so there was a lot of experience gained in that. I'd say that 2015-16 season was well and truly my breakout season. Um, and then, yeah, we were able to run the Australian title, which was, that was my first Australian title ever at that point. Um, and, you know, we're just happy to be there more than anything, you know, to be able to tick it off the bucket list. Um, being the biggest event in the Speedway Cart calendar by far at that point. Um, so, yeah, we ran over at Wakery in 2015. I think it was about March, April, something like that. And it was just it was a two-day event that ended up being three because the first day just poured rain. And it was just ugly. It was just an ugly weekend, you know, weather-wise. And everyone slapped together to get the track back feasible. Um, and the first night, I think I DNF'd all three heats or something. We just had everything that could have gone wrong. You know, Craig just did. You know, we lost ignition modules and chains broke or sprockets were bent and we bottomed out and stuff like that. You know, whatever it was, everything just seemed to go wrong. Um, and another couple of guys, you know, that I raced real close with in Mildura and Jackson Barbary and Tyson Martin, they both had a rollover together in the, in the final heat. Um, and they were really running one and two throughout the whole meeting. So that was a massive blow to their run as well. And that ended up being the time where everything somehow came together for us. You know, and I picked up the heat win in the last heat um, after those guys both barrel rolled out. And, um, and I was sitting pretty in third when they both, you know, crashed together in first. So that was really the only you know, positive heat race that I'd had up until that point. Um, so, you know, it drew us out of rear in that, that A main. Um, and, you know, magically everything went well. We had nothing, nothing at all go right, you know, the whole day before. And then suddenly it was all good. You know, we, we geared it up right for the end of the race going, oh, well, we've got nothing to lose. You know, we're coming from the rear. And that's all we've got. You know, I'm just happy to be here. Whatever was still appreciative. And I would say probably four laps in and we got the race lead. So it was just, you know, blew my mind. I've never hang on, hung onto a steering wheel quite like that in my life. Um, for the following you know, 11 laps or whatever of a 15-lap final um, and eventually brought it home very, very closely. So um, that just, you know, I don't think there's a, a better feeling in the world um, racing-wise or anything like that just to, you know, for how the weekend started to look. Um, and you look back over all the years that you've raced before and what it's all led to and, you know, because that's, that's what you aim for. That's the one, you know, like there's some massive meetings and stuff like that in the military all-power nationals and, you know, there's big events and stuff. But, you know, you, you don't realise until that, that very moment where it is you cross the finish line just what what you've been striving for or what, you know, how hard it took to get to that point. Um, you know, and, and the reward then is to run, you know, Australia number one for the, the rest of that season. So I just, I don't think that there's another feeling that compares, Craig. And for most of the people listening to the show who are familiar with, you know, karting, which is uh, a short circuit of up to, you know, one and a half kilometres on the asphalt, what's a dirt car chassis? You mentioned that you're using uh, the Yamaha engine still there, except for the, uh, well, what is outlaw karts now? Yeah, so there's oh, look at any one race meeting now. You've probably got seven or eight classes, um, you know, of all different motors. They're pretty much you know found a class for everything. After the bitumen carts, pretty well, you know, brought in the new class of motor and it possibly priced a lot of people out. 
um, of that category and everyone had, you know, KT100S motors laying around and stuff. So that became the big class for Speedway because they were quick to adopt that as their main category. Um, so they brought in a lot of the 100S motors and that was pretty much, you know, the easiest class to get into just on number of motors around and, it, you know, every engine builder knew how to work on a KT and stuff like that. So that was certainly the biggest motor. Um, and then, you know, you've got your outlaw class now, which is, you know, you've still got outlaw flat carts, so the same carts that we run, um, that you can run a 100 water-cooled motor. So they've got reed valves and rotaries and stuff like that in that class. Um, and now you've got your outlaw winged carts as well, which run 250 and 450 dirt bike motors attached. Um, you know, you've got a 125 class as well. A lot of the clubs now run an all-powers category, which is what it means, all-powers. So you've got 125s in there, 100s. Um, and stuff like that. So it's a quite a mixed um, class of all different powers and stuff like that. And you've got, you know, twins like they do on bitumen as well, which are just, you know, out of this world. But as far as, a, you know, separating a dirt cart and a bitumen cart on the dirt, your first one's obviously always going to be dirt tyres, you know, or there's still guys that run bitumen wet tyres on the dirt as well. Um, you know, when the track's black and hard and stuff like that, we'll go straight to a bitumen wet tyre just to save ourselves a little bit of money on, on dirt tyres as well. Um, but you've got a lot more flex in a dirt chassis. Quite often you've got an aluminium axle would be the ideal dirt cut, you know, get a bit more flex throughout the axle um, and, and things like that. But they're just built a lot squarer. Um, you know, most cars that can do the ADCA, which is your short circuit on dirt as well, are a lot narrower in the in the wheelbase and you know, right between the seat and stuff like that. So they can flex a lot harder than your bitumen carts that are, are meant to be quite stiff and, and sturdy and things like that. So with that being said, it's pretty easy to convert a bitumen cart over onto the dirt. Like I think an AX6 Arrow, which is probably a 30-year-old Arrow, is one of the most ideal dirt carts that there is. You know, if you want to convert it over, you chop the chassis here and stuff like that. Everyone's got their own secret to how to make those carts work, but they're quite a common um, build for dirt carts and quite a quite a good starting point. But, yeah, there's nothing really stopping you from getting any bitumen cart. You get an old Tony cart or an old Cosmic, anything like that. Um, and, and you can make it work enough, um, but certainly I think if you want to be at the optimum level and you want to you know, have a lot more fun and get more out of your driving and tuning and, and learning how the cart works, I think you're definitely a dirt cart, which will always have more flex um, and far more custom built. You know, you've got mechanical brakes far more often than hydraulic as well. You don't want to be riding your brake on the dirt like you would be on the bitumen and things like that. So there's certainly far more a, a purpose-built cart these days than they ever were. You know, and a couple of dirt cart manufacturers that are really leading the way now just leaps and bounds beyond what, what we ever used to run on the dirt cart scene. Now, you've gone overseas and raced in America? Yeah, so that was... Well, I'm going to say 2016 as well, probably. I think I was still the Australian champion at that point. Um, and Dad was commentating the Knoxville Nationals that year. So I was lucky enough to, to go with him and go and do that. And I was literally sitting in the airport ready to go just as, a, you know, tagging along with Dad just to have my mind blown at the Knoxville Nationals and, you know, go and watch the sprint cars and stuff like that. And he told me there. And then, you know, when I realised that he had my race suit in his bag, just what might be going on and that we were going to run a, an, a winged outlaw cart um, over there at English Creek Speedway, which is, I'm going to say, probably only 10 kilometres you know, in our distance um, from the Knoxville Nationals, Knoxville Speedway. 
Um, so we're really, really lucky to be able to do that. And the only Australian running that year as well, which was really cool. So, yeah, that was a massive um, thing for me to be able to do and just a big, another tick on the bucket list. You know, and there's a bunch of guys in there that made that happen and Team Tigo, which is a factory outfit there, um, you know, rivaling to you things like QRC and stuff like that. So that was a massive chance for me to be able to do that. And we made the dash and stuff like that. And I think started the feature out of four as well, which was just, you know, huge for self-confidence and, and things like that coming back to Australia. So we only ran the one race meeting there. We were only there for probably, say, two and a half weeks, um, you know, all in all with the Knoxville Nationals and stuff like that being such a tight schedule. Um, but that was just, you know, again, out of this world. I, I don't think the speed quite compared. Um, just in the weight of their carts, you know, with a roll cage and a wing and stuff like that, you know, their carts weigh about 400 pounds. Um, whereas ours would be, you know, only 60 kilos, so it's 100 pounds. Um, so, you know, it's quite a big difference um, even in the weight, but in how they drive and things like that. And you've got to be a lot smoother on the wheel because you just don't have that two-stroke power like, you know, our speedway carts do where you can flick them around a bit more, you can be more backed in um, and stuff like that. When they got that big wing on there, it's like a big, you know, a wind dam, obviously. And if you get it wrong, you're going to shave a lot of speed off. So it's a very big difference um, and in competition as well, you know, and they, they pay out, you know, right the way through and things like that. And they've got massive factory sponsors and all that sort of stuff that, you know, perhaps speedway carts here don't quite have. Um, but, you know, there's certainly the room to grow it, but we just don't have, um, you know, the service that America does things and whatever, and they've got their massive department stores and everyone's sort of got endless money to throw at sports like that. Um, so that's probably the biggest difference, I think, but just totally mind-blowing to be able to do it and just, you know, and uh, Liam, you have uh, talked about a few of the clubs in and around Victoria, South Australia, but speedway karting is right across the country coming under the banner of Speedway Australia. Yeah, absolutely. So you've, you've got your governing body then under Speedway Australia, which is um, the SKAA, so Speedway Karting Association of Australia. Um, so they, you know, have got, well, oh, I wouldn't even like to put a number on it. It's probably 15, 16 clubs. It could be even more than that. To tell you the truth, Craig, right across the country, they've got a club in Tasmania. Um, you know, they've got New South Wales, South Australia, Queensland, um, Northern Territory has them as well. So, yeah, there's a club pretty well everywhere. And yeah, they run quite a lot. I think WA is probably one of the only ones that, you know, are far more Adka dirt carts. So your, your short circuit stuff. Um, and things like that. So that's probably the only place that doesn't have a speedway car club. Um, but you're certainly right. They're, they're up and down the coast everywhere. And we've been and ran in New South Wales and ran in the Tas- Tasmanian title oh, early early last year, probably oh, 2018, make that actually, um, and ran for a couple of guys there, Marcus Bryan and, and the Bryan Brothers Racing Team. So we're really fortunate to make that happen because, again, that's not a very easy you know, thing to make happen to throw a go-kart on a boat and head across in the spirit of Tasmania. So that stops, I think, a lot of you know, Victorians and mainlanders from, from getting over there. Um, but there's certainly a massive speedway kart following in Tasmania. Um, they're very big on it in New South Wales as well, whereas they run under KA as well as, you know, SKAA. So they've got two codes there and they run different motors and different tyres and things like that across the two codes, but both definitely have SKAA carts, which we run. Um, there as well. So pretty much raced, you know, every state available. Um, you know, I think the Northern Territory titles one I haven't done. 
um, yet that, that I would certainly look forward to doing in the near future, you know, when things all get back together. But certainly it's a very nationwide uh, category of well-respected as well under the Speedway Australia banner. Well, Liam, thanks for taking the time to have a chat to us about Speedway karting. And uh, it's been fascinating hearing your history as well. We wish you all the best as it continues on once Victoria gets back to racing in a serious way. Thanks very much again for having me, Craig. Appreciate it, mate. Cheers.